What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Jim Rice, class of 1981. We're going to talk about everything from his time at Bethany, a little bit of sports, inf- working as the sports information director as a student, and what he's doing now and how he got to that point. But without further ado, this is Jim Rice. You want to know by now. I am Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Jim Rice, class of 1981. Jim, thank you for taking the time out to be with me today. Thank you for inviting me to be here. Um, So we're going to do this the same way we do every week. Jim's going to tell us how he got to Bethany, his time there, why he picked the major that he picked, and some of his jobs while he was on campus. Take a break. We'll come back and we'll tell everything since comps. Um, So, Jim, fall of 1977, how do you end up here in Bethany? Um, Well, I actually uh, grew up in Augusta, Georgia, so it was a 600-mile journey. Um, My family is from the Midwest in western Pennsylvania, and so when it came time to look at colleges, I just kind of planned this sweep uh, up in that general area. Um, My parents and their siblings and all went to a school called uh, named Denison University in Granville, Ohio, and so I was kind of obligated to visit there. Um, I had received some literature from Bethany, I think after I took PSATs or SATs or something like that, and it seemed interesting, and I had requested a catalog, and um, Bethany had a, a, a radio broadcast program, uh, which is what I was interested in, um, and so when I scheduled this visit to Ohio, I, I asked my uncle, who's going to be driving me to all these different campuses, uh, if we would have time to swim by Bethany. And he agreed. And so that was kind of the last stop on that tour. Um, it was the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and Bethany had just had the first snowfall of the season. It was about two inches. It wasn't much, but for a kid who'd grown up in Georgia, where usually the snow didn't cover the grass, it was uh, just kind of an awesome sight, and it was pristine because the students were on break. So it's just this wonderful white blanket over this beautiful campus, and, and it just kind of had this great feel. And I think I kind of started to fall in love with it right then. I hadn't even talked to anybody. It was just driving up and seeing campus. I was just like, I could see myself here. Um, and I visited with an admission officer, and they had made available um, – uh, a math professor, which was originally going to be my major, and radio was going to be something I thought I would dabble in. Um, but I, I talked to a math professor, and then I also talked with a gentleman named Jim Hume, who was in charge of the radio station at the time. And I just came away from it with a great vibe. Um, and driving back, I was just like, I think this is where I want to go. And it, it worked out. Um, I don't know that I, I made my family happy that I chose someplace 600 miles away from home, but it was just where I knew I wanted to be. So you said you were, you, you came in with the idea of being a math major and having just doing the radio as a minor or side project. How did you end up in the communications department? Okay. Well, um, and, and my family, uh, I guess, had a, a group of Uh, what you would call professionals about me, doctors and people like that. And when they heard I was thinking about radio broadcasting, they were like, that's entertainment. You need to have something else to fall back on. You can't go solo entertainment, which at that time I was like 16. So I said, great. And 
I just chose math because it was the, the area of study in high school that challenged me and from which I got a lot of satisfaction um, doing it, but it was totally a random thing really. Um, but I did enter as a math major and quite frankly, the first part of the sophomore year, the fall semester, uh, my advisor in the math department called me in for kind of our regular chats as you have with your advisor and told me how much he appreciated how hard I worked at math, but really wondered if that was the major for me. Um, and you don't usually hear about a professor, I guess, talking you out of being in their department, yeah. but he, he was being very honest and, and just said, you work very hard to, to get the grades you do in the, in the math curriculum. And most of our math students don't have to work this hard, especially this early. And, you know, asked what my career, you know, thoughts were going to be, what did I want to do with a math major? And I didn't have a good answer. You know, I, I didn't want to teach. Um, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have some kind of side career thing that I was thinking about. And um, so he told me, you know, just, you might really want to think about something else. And I was a bit taken aback um, because at that point, I really wasn't thinking communications as a major. Um, but I, I just, you know, so, but I put some thought into it and I was active at the campus radio station, WVBC by then. Um, that semester I was actually sports director uh, for WVBC. Um, and um, then kind of coincidentally at the same time, I was taking a writing class um, under an English professor, Dr. Robin Cole. And she happened to praise one of the pieces I had done. And she just kind of looked at me that day in class and she said, you know, you're pretty good. If you worked at it, you might be able to make a career out of this. And it was kind of that epiphany um, that this is really where I wanted to go. I, I got a lot of satisfaction out of doing these things and I had a passion for sports. Um, and so by the end of the semester, I had changed my major and moved right, right along on that track. So during your time at Bethany, you were you interned or were the student sports information director with the college. Was that just to get a different look at sports or what was the reasoning behind going into that? Or is it just the work study job that you like? Um, a little bit of all of that. Uh, and I, at that point, I was by the end of the, the semester, I was you know, fully involved in trying to go into sports communication and Actually, um, Jim Cardi, who was the chair of the department at the time, came to me one day and said that the uh, woman who was in charge of the public information office, the news bureau, as we called it back then, uh, Miss Ruth Westlake, um, was looking for somebody who could help her with sports news media um, and news releases. And he had recommended me and she wanted to talk to me. I had no idea what a sports information director was. I'd never heard of it, um, uh, but I did find out it was 10 hours of work study a week. And so I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's not bad. And so I went up and interviewed with her and still didn't really know what I was getting myself into. But at the end of the interview, she said, well, I'd like to give you a try. And um, she said, we could probably work it as an internship if you like. And, and I knew that I needed an internship. So um, I agreed and started there. Um, I remember the, you know, one of the selling points for me, quite frankly, was it had an electric typewriter. Um, I had a little manual one that I was doing all my college work on. So one of the deals I, I worked was that 
Um, I could come in after hours and work on papers and such on the electric typewriter rather than my little manual. Um, so anyway, that's how I got into it. I remember the first kind of release that she gave me. Um, I worked very hard at it and, and turned it into her very proudly. And about 15 minutes later, it came back with more red ink than black ink. Um, and she basically started that day showing me how to write news, I guess, and it was what it was. I was, um, I thought it would be pretty good. And then suddenly I thought I was really terrible, but she stayed with me and uh, there got to be less red ink as we went along. And then after a while, she pretty much just trusted me, you know, with, with the sports information aspect for Bethany. So I did that um, for four semesters, I guess, uh, and, and really enjoyed it. And that is, I think what really moved me from broadcast to print as well at the time. Okay. Um, so what were some of, some of like, let's go back between 77 and 81. What were some of the experiences like being at Bethany? What would, what would the campus have looked like? What would, it, what would social life have been like? Mm -hmm. um, well, the, you know, as they say, some things never change and a lot on the campus is the same today as it was back in, in uh, you know, the fall of 77 when I first arrived on campus. Um, you know, Moreland Hall was the freshman men's dorm then. Um, and I think now it's the faculty offices, if mm -hmm. I'm correct. Uh, you know, and the comm department, um, and I'm going to blank out on the name of the, the hall, but the comm department then is now uh, a dorm. So, you know, it's just kind of taken uh, a reverse there. But, um, you know, uh, Greek life was a, was a huge part at Bethany back then. I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 75% of the men and 67% of the women were involved in a fraternity or sorority. Um, so that was a big part of it, a, a huge part of the social life um, there pretty much every weekend as a freshman, especially you, you visited a fraternity house and, you know, and tried to get to know people. Um, you know, the other thing was then, um, for example, I was uh, uh, on financial aid and at the time financial aid students could not have cars on campus. Mm -hmm. So once I got there, I was there. Um, but on the weekends, there was also um, a lot of good entertainment, a lot of name entertainment, musical acts coming in quite regularly, um, guest speakers, uh, you know, the theater department obviously was very active and, and so there were always theater programs going on. Um, and one of the things that when I was in high school, uh, actually my math teacher, who was probably the reason I started as a math major, but my math major uh, teacher in high school uh, just told me, he said, one thing you want to do when you get to college is, is take advantage of everything try everything you know it may be a speaker you really don't think you would have that much interest in but go go check it out anyway because you won't get that chance again outside of college so i did try to take advantage of that and, and you know go to every concert even if it might not be the kind of music i was into um you know go to speakers uh in areas that weren't really me um you know and then i tried to go to like every play that the, the theater department put on things like that um yeah, and then, you know, obviously I was very involved in um, supporting, I guess, varsity athletics and sports information and then with campus media as well between radio and time on the tower newspaper. So um, I kept very busy. I, I had a roommate once who, um, after about six weeks, moved out to a different dorm and I thought it was me. And so I was like, am I the problem? He says, heck no, I never see you. You're always out at the, you know, somewhere out on campus doing something. So, um, 
you know, it was very active and, and I definitely tried to, you know, kind of absorb every bit of it that I could. Now you brought up Greek life. Did you get involved in Greek life or was, was that not something that was really on your radar? Um, I was not at all planning uh, to pledge a fraternity and um, I kind of, I, I, I really got caught up in it, I guess, in that final week. And I don't know how it's done now, but at the time, um, the whole first semester was kind of rush. And then the first weekend or second weekend of the second semester, everybody pledged. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just kind of got caught up with it. My roommate at the time was pledging and very excited about it. And so I did pledge. Um, and it was just one of those things that after a while, I just, you know, my focus was elsewhere. And I just felt like I couldn't really be that good in the fraternity, that supportive of things and that that evolved in it. So I ended up depledging. So I was not in a fraternity, but briefly. So. so in your time, there's a there's a pretty big event for the, the football team. Were you there for the 1980, the the uh, PAC, I guess the championship game, correct? Uh, yes, I was. Yeah, that was um, from that standpoint, about as exciting a, a time as is as we had there. And it was a good time for athletics, I think, overall. Um, the basketball team, while we were there, made a couple trips to the NCAA tournament. And, and the football team won the PAC, went undefeated. Um, and it was, that was my senior year. And it was, you know, kind of special there because guys that I'd come into school with and known, you know, since the very beginning of the freshman year, just to see that team develop and, and there being the catalysts for where it got to be. Um, very exciting. We had an offense that was really what kind of for football geeks became known as like the West Coast offense, um, three and four wide receivers and a single running back, um, things like that, and and just record-setting passing game uh, during that time. Uh, you know, it was only a nine-game season, so I think since then some of those passing records have been broken and so forth. But um, quarterback named Jeff Beer. Uh, wide receivers, Denny Williams, Dale Grosso. I think they're all Hall of Fame members now. Um, but just, you know, very, very great season. Uh, knocked off Carnegie Mellon, which was the, the PAC power back then. Um, and like the, I think the next to last regular season game to clinch it. And it was like a 52-yard touchdown pass in the final minute that, that won the game for Bethany. So, um, yeah, very exciting time. Um, that year... Uh, Ruth Westlake, as a matter of fact, as I mentioned, who was in charge of the News Bureau, she put out um, a little bumper sticker uh, and, and other things on campus that we had. Uh, we were calling ourselves the Village of Champions uh, because we yeah, just every sport was competitive just about that fall, especially throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So, and somewhere stashed away, I still have my Village of Champions bumper sticker. I never put it on a car. I kept it. <laughs> well, Jim, I think that's a good place. We're going to take a pause, send it okay. to Harry Chambers. Um, We'll come back and we'll talk about that test that connects us all as, as Bethany <laughs> alumni. Okay. Um, this has been this is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. I am Carlo Guadagnino, Jim Rice, class of 1981. Harry Chambers, take it away and tell us about your store. You just watched another exciting episode of Dingo Talk, recorded in the secret lair deep in the hills of Bethany, West Virginia. Let me give a shout out to my man Don over at Maple Shade Outdoor. He got some great, he's got some great stuff going on over there on YouTube and Instagram. Please make sure you check him out. Also, now available as promised, we have the second edition Bethany, West Virginia Mushroom Capital of the World t-shirts and our Chambers General Store. If we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts. Available in all sizes. So, make sure you stop by the store for a t-shirt. 
breakfast sandwich or sausage biscuits and gravy, and make sure to check out those daily lunch specials. Now back to you, Dingo. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week, Jim Rice, class of 1981. We left off finishing up everything that that uh, encapsulated Bethany for the most part through through the years. There's one last thing. Were you a spring or a winter comper? I was a winter comper. Um, I, uh, I definitely wanted to get it out of the way. And um, so I decided to take it during January. I was fortunate enough that, that again, Jim Carty, the chairman of the department at the time, um, Dr. Carty during January term every year went uh, down to the Southern hemisphere and taught journalism to Spanish language uh, universities. So his house was open and he offered me the chance to stay at his house and study for comps. So I did get a very quiet time to really focus on it. Um, and there was uh, you know, a, another student uh, who basically did study with me. So we kind of boned up on things with each other and, and uh, felt like we got a really uh, good base for it. And uh, then when I got into it, it was still as nerve wracking as anything I could imagine. I thought I was prepared, but I, I, it, was, it was a very big challenge for sure. Very intense, very draining. Um, the time we had several days of written comps um, and one of them at the time, again, because Dr. Cardi was very big in international journalism, we had to take a comprehensive exam on a particular foreign press. And I chose uh, the, the press of what was in uh, the nation of Czechoslovakia, mm -hmm. uh, mostly because I had family from there. Um, so I had to be prepared to do that. And I opened up the, the questions and we had, you may still have them. We had blue books that we had to do our comprehensive exam answers on. And there were two questions there. And I looked at them and I said, I have no idea how I'm going to finish both of these in the amount of time we have. So I just sat down writing and writing and, and answered both questions and felt good and closed it up and went back and looked at the questions and realized I only had to answer one of them. I didn't have to answer both of them. But <laughs> I, I was really afraid because Dr. Cardi was very big on journalists being able to follow directions. If you couldn't read carefully and, and things like that, maybe you weren't cut out to be a journalist. So I was really afraid that I might get flunked just because I, I didn't follow the directions on his quiz there, but um, made it through that uh, and went into orals, um, which was probably even worse from that standpoint than, than the written part. Um, I had obviously two people from the department uh, sitting in on the comps and then a professor that I had had a class with outside of the department. And, and it just so happened that it was a professor that my entire experience with him was for four weeks during a January term, um, sophomore year. So I had never spoken to him before or after that, and there he was sitting in my comps. And I was very worried um, about that. And it was challenging because he did bring different kinds of questions at it than, than uh, anybody else would have. But um, I went through it feeling as if I had passed, mm -hmm. but you always wait you know, you can't be sure. Um, and I think now they let you know pretty quickly as soon as you come out of your orals, 
you um, yeah it's like a five ten minute you go they basically you sit in a room and you okay. question your your whole time and did you do enough <laughs> and then and then you get well we got to sit for three or four or five days i think and, and wait at the time um and you get notified by mail i guess um at least i did and i got this letter i didn't i wasn't even sure what it was for and it was interesting because it was just like a half sheet of um a piece of paper uh, and, and then just said congratulations um and it informed me i had passed with distinction um, which i was floored by just because i i thought i struggled so much by it but um it really you know looking back it's an excellent experience it's the kind of challenge you need from time to time you know just just to know um and i think especially if you're looking at going on to graduate school and things like that it's it's excellent preparation for that as well but it was it was very nerve-wracking um and it did make that end of the spring semester very nice that i didn't have to worry about it at that point so when the end of that is the end of that spring semester where you start your internship down in Wheeling, or do you wait until you graduate to get down? I actually started that um, uh, senior year, as a matter of fact. I did a little bit in the, in the spring. Uh, actually, they had offered me the internship in the spring of my junior year, um, but I had no transportation at the time. As mm -hmm. I mentioned the whole thing about having cars and financial aid and so forth. Um, so I had to, I was really very limited in what I could do, um, but I was allowed to, at that point, make a special request to be able to have a vehicle on campus. And that was approved so that I could do my internship. So I did that, um, really immersed in it, uh, first semester of my senior year. Um, did, um, the first night I was there, I typed in the results from the dog tracks that were mm -hmm. in the area at the time. Uh, so you can't begin any lower than that, I don't think. <laughs> um, and, and it's one of those little like stenographer sized typewriters that you used. And that's what I very quietly did, trying to make sure I didn't make no mistakes on, on the dog track results. But it progressed from there, um, working on the desk there a lot, copy editing and, and um, you know, doing those things. And then broadened out, included some reporting um, there as well including I got one assignment to cover a Bethany College basketball game, which was I, I just, I don't know if it means anything to anybody else, but that particular day, um, the star of the game was a, a player from Wheeling originally. Uh, so I did kind of a feature on him. Uh, one of my classmates, uh, someone by the name of Russ Rogerson, uh, actually took photos that day. And we sent the photos down to Wheeling with me when I went to file my story. So it turned out that day we had the centerpiece photo from a Bethany student. We had my story. And then as it happened, um, there was a, a wire story from Alabama and the reporter on that just happened to be a Bethany grad. Um, so we had basically a front page dominated that particular Sunday by Bethany grads. So. And then from, so from there you end up as the sports editor at the Thomaston Times. Now, how did that, was that always the goal was to go back down? Cause that's in, that's in Georgia, correct? Correct. Um, it wasn't uh, immediately the goal. I, I was looking around um, at different, you know, just where I could get a job quite honestly. Um, and um, I went to, to Miss Westlake, Ruth Westlake at one point and, you know, just asked her, you know, am I, as for, am I good enough? Because I'm getting all these rejection letters. And, you know, I won't forget, she just, she had these 
uh, horn rim glasses she always wore and she took them off and she kind of looked at me through them and she said, if you're not, I've wasted the past two years. Um, and so it kind of broke the ice, but then, you know, she gave me some tips on, on applying places. And then she recommended Thomaston because the editor there was a gentleman who had worked under her when she was the editor of a paper in Ohio before she became a public information office director at Bethany. Um, so I applied there as well and they offered. And, and really at that point, I didn't have uh, that much else going on. I'd kind of hoped maybe to find something in Ohio or Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. but this became available and um, I accepted it. And it was, again, you know, I think every experience is a good experience. It was a twice weekly paper, um, about 5,000 circulation. Um, and it was high school and community sports. And it was part of the photography. Um, it was all of the layout. So I had to do everything and I had to learn everything. Um, and, and, you know, I, I did that for a couple of years and uh, then was ready to move on and, and found another job uh, as a part-time desk person and reporter with a, a daily newspaper in Anderson, South Carolina, um, and did that and did that for a year and then became uh, the, the beat writer for the University of South Carolina Athletics back then. And um, that's when I really started focusing more on the writing side. Mm. Did, that, did that particular beat for about four years. So. And then there was, a, there was a trip to New Orleans, right? You were an yes. assistant sports editor at the New Orleans Times and I, yeah, that, that word. Picayune, yes. Um, and I used to know what a Picayune was and I'm sorry, I forgot, but it's, it's um, uh, yeah, I, I actually, I worked in Anderson for about five years, uh, then went to the paper in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, the state newspaper as an assistant sports editor, was there not quite two years and was hired to work in Orange County, California at the register um, where I was on the desk and uh, really enjoyed that. You know, that was um, two, two uh, teams in every major pro sport, uh, you know, University of Southern California, UCLA, uh, 64 high schools. So very, very hectic pace, uh, wonderful time. Um, but as you probably heard, South, Southern California can be a tough place to afford to live. I would imagine. Uh, so uh, there was an opportunity at the Times Picayune. Uh, gentleman I had worked with before was now the sports editor there and he needed an assistant sports editor and offered me the job. So um, I took that. It also moved my family a lot closer to home. Uh, so I was there. Um, you know, and again, a good time. Uh, you know, the Saints were the big team there and LSU uh, athletics, but then also very vibrant high school mm -hmm. uh, coverage as well. So did that for about five years. And then um, basically brought my family back home to South Carolina as close as we could get. My wife is from South Carolina um, and took a job uh, with the Greenville News. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where I am now, 23 years later. Now, what all good, what is it, what's a day-to-day -day like for you now, now being in Greenville? Okay. Um, we are part of uh, the USA Today Network. Uh, and I am now in a role um, as uh there's a fancy title for it, senior manager for content. But I basically oversee a group of sports writers for seven newspapers uh, in South Carolina, North Carolina, for the USA Today Network. Um, and that's that's kind of a broad spectrum of, of beats. That's high school reporters. Um, and that's with Clemson University. 
mm-hmm. athletics as well. Um, obviously, one of the premier football programs in the country right now. Um, so it, it's kind of every day working, you know, with some part of it. Some days are more focused on high school. Some days uh, more in the college. It's uh, helping reporters with story ideas. It's obviously editing stories, um, and it's planning coverage. I mean, right now we're really involved in planning our coverage for this, this starting for the start of high school football here, and as well as with college football with Clemson and University of South Carolina um, as well. Just trying to have a plan for the whole season and you know identifying the kinds of stories that we think our readers want and and preparing for them now. Um, and you know we're very digitally focused these days in the newspaper industry, uh, and and that's a big change. That's really uh, people read on the internet much differently than they mm-hmm. read newspapers, and so it's providing content that we think will appeal to that digital audience first. Um, and it's you know it's, it's a big big change for somebody who started out forty years ago. You know when we didn't even know what the word internet was. So, but it, it's a lot of fun, a lot of challenges. Now, would you say, do you enjoy covering high school sports more, any more than you enjoy covering like the, the colleges and the NFL teams and the professional teams that you've got, that you've had the opportunity to cover, or is it all just, you, you just enjoy being around athletics as a whole? Um, I, I do enjoy athletics as a whole. There's just, there's, there's satisfaction in kind of every, every part of that. Um, you know, people are engaged in our high schools in, in just a much different way than they are anything else um you know you get that uh, it's, it's a very loyal audience that has has been supporting their teams for years um it is parents of course who, who very much support their kids um and it's very important to them and, and you have to recognize that uh, you know in your approach that this is your audience and here are the kind of things they want to do um we tend to do a lot of our high schools personality driven finding the you know the good stories among the athletes and the teams um, there, it, it could be the star quarterback on the football team, but, you know, one of the best stories we did was on a, on a volleyball player, one of our high schools who, um, was born deaf and just kind of her story and, and how she has, um, overcome that. And it was, uh, an outstanding player for us and is now actually, uh, beginning this fall playing for the university of South Carolina volleyball team. Uh, so just an outstanding story there. So, you know, and that's it. You just find, try to find the good stories. There are a lot of them at the high school level, you know, a lot of kids. We have in our area um, 53 high schools. And so obviously there's 20-something sports at most of those high schools. So there's a lot, a lot of athletes, to pull from. a lot of good stories. Um, you know, the college level here and, and Clemson definitely has a very loyal fan base in, in this part of the South Carolina and the, and the South. Um, and... It's a very knowledgeable audience. They know their football, they know their team. And, you know, we have to provide the content that you know, respects that knowledge, mm-hmm. but also, you know, our goal with every story is let's tell them something they might not know. Uh, and that's the approach we take. We feel like if we can give people a story that, you know, they're gonna look at the headline and go, hmm, I might learn something from reading this story. That's the, that's the big challenge. And okay. I know that's, that's what we try to do every day. So my last question is, if you were talking to a high school student today, and they may be in the class of 2022, why, why would someone want to go to Bethany? Why, what would be the selling or the, the recruitment tool? Um, I'm obviously a big believer in, in the value of a liberal arts education. Um, I think, 
you know, there's great value in that. You know, and I go back to you know what I mentioned earlier, like what my high school teacher told me was take advantage of everything you can mm-hmm. while you're in college. And I think that liberal arts curriculum gives you a lot of opportunities that way. Um, there's just, you know, it's very diverse and broad spectrum of things you can do. Um, Bethany is just, it's a beautiful campus. It, it is, um, I think as the, the president of the school when I enrolled called it centrally isolated. Um, but there's great value in that too. There's not um, all the distractions that say being in a major city might be, um, it's beautiful. Um, I also like the idea very much of um, a smaller college. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very true that when you're at a smaller college, you can smaller college, you develop a much better relationship with the faculty, with your faculty members, and and vice versa. Um, I can't tell you how many times I had a professor just say something to me that just made all the difference, and, and that I knew them that well, um, and they cared. They they very much do. They're you're not sitting in you know, a dozen classes with 300 other students for two years. Um, there's very few classes that way. Most of them are very small um, student to faculty ratio. And um, I, I think that was very beneficial to me. I think that would be beneficial to just about anyone. Um, and, and it's just college is the time, you know, you have, you have memories there that are gonna last forever. And um, I think, you know, people are a big part of that, that memory and being at a school the size of Bethany and with kind of the care that you immediately notice from, from all the people there, the faculty and so forth, is those memories are there's just that much stronger because they're much more personal. Well, Jim, I want to take take say again, thank you for taking time out of your day. I know with, that, with football ramping up, it's got to be a very busy time for you. Um, thank you for, for being on the show. Um, This has been the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. I am Carly Guadagnino, Jim Rice, class of 1981. Uh, We'll see you guys next Thursday at 10 a.m. But enjoy, Chuckleheads. You want to know by now. You want to know by now. You want to know by now.